Line with leaves turn brown, making my way back into my hometown. Funny how this all looks different, but it feels the same. Like how life never stops changing, some things never change. So fill your plate and fill your drink and fill this house with family, the kind of love that all these years can't wash away. Families grow the old kids' table. All have kids of their own. Starting to see my grandfather in my nephew's eyes. Mom still can't talk about him and I'd almost cry. So fill your plate and fill your drink and fill this house with family. The kind of love a thousand miles can't wash away. Over you, just wash away. As we made it through, I do believe the longest year in history. Thank God that it's Thanksgiving Day. Good to see everybody. Y'all ready to eat? Well, maybe not yet. Well, you can get started early if you want to because there are some cookies over there and there is some smoked Chex Mix as well. So uh, feel free to get you some snacks or appetizers or hors d'oeuvres or whatever you want to call it. And uh, we will get the service started. But yeah, so stick around. We're going to have our holiday meal after the service, and then after the uh, meal, we're going to have our annual meeting, and so this is our time of the year where we get to see what God has done in the past year, talk about those things, uh, share some stories of how he's worked in our lives, and uh, then we're going to look forward to the future, into the next year and beyond, and have some ideas of what God might be doing here at Grace Bible Church. You can hear your ideas, and the elders are going to share uh, what God has brought to us. And uh, so all that will happen 
after the meal. And then uh, also, just so you know, December 3rd is when we start Advent. So we'll have um, all the normal Christmassy looking stuff starts December 3rd. And start us with Psalm 100. This is a psalm of thanksgiving. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. Psalm 100. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for your unfailing love that does continue forever. And we thank you that it continues to each generation. We thank you for the proof of that as we look back in your word and throughout history and in our own families. And we just pray that as we look forward through the generations to come, that that will continue. And we thank you that we know that it will based on who you are. We thank you for allowing us to be your people, to be a part of your family, and that you made us to be that way. I just pray you'd help us to come to your gates with thanksgiving, to come to you with joy, and uh, thank you for all that you have done for us. I just pray that your spirit would be here with us this morning, enabling us to be the people that you want us to be. I pray that you would uh, help us to hear from you this morning, to fellowship, uh, truly fellowship with each other throughout all the things that happen, the worship and the meals, that the so-called business part of the meeting later today goes well, um, because it's your business. It's not ours. And I just pray that you would be glorified in all of it. I ask all these things in your son's name. Amen.
today for this gift of breath and life. We give you thanks for this church, this community gathered here to worship. We give you thanks for your creation, the changing seasons, falling leaves. We give you thanks. For your mercy, for your forgiveness, for your love, we give you thanks. In our weakness, we thank you for your power is made evident. In our failures, we thank you, for your grace is sufficient. Even in the trials, through the struggles and pain, as you form us into who you want us to be, turning our mess into your message. Today and every day, we give you thanks. We get to work on more Thanksgiving. You may have picked that up from the intro, but here we go. This is, we had the introduction, we've talked a little bit about Thanksgiving or the process or how we do this uh, over the last weeks, and so now this is some implementation, and we're going to look at that in uh, Luke, six, or Luke 17. But with Luke 17, I wanted to uh, give you uh, sort of where this fits in here. There are chapters in, in the Gospels that are dealing with the second coming of Christ. He's coming back. He's going to take over. So all those issues we see in, in the world and politics and between nations will end when he comes and takes this thing uh, and leads it properly with the right kind of leadership. And we have these passages that tell us a little bit about that. So Matthew 24 is one, Mark 13, and Luke 17. you got the big book of the book of Revelation. There's more there. But in Luke 17, it's at the end of the chapter, not uh, the whole chapter. So... We are looking at a section in the earlier part of that chapter. And so in, the, in this flow of things, Jesus is building up to uh, how do we relate to him? How do we connect? What's the kingdom of God? What's the kingdom of God that exists now that's available to us in this world today? And then what's coming, uh, not, not fully developed but is coming, and that's part of what 
Matthew 24, Mark 13, and, and Luke 17 are addressing. But he puts this, this in the context of how are you as people dealing with what God is seeking to accomplish? We have an opportunity to connect with him and to live our best life by listening to him, following him, doing what he's called us to do. And then we come to this. So it's, it's an interesting thing. But I, wanna, I wanted to uh, hit the, the little bit of the themes that happen before we even get here. In Luke 16, he's dealt with the Pharisees, and he says, you can't serve God and money. You, you're either going to follow God or you're going to go after the money. And so he's, he's addressed them. They didn't much like that. So then he has to deal with them on just putting on a show and being you know, whatever it takes to, to uh, look like they're serious about the Lord. He does that. Then he gets into the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. And the, the rich man has plenty to eat. In this life, Lazarus is just hungry and living on the streets. He dies and the rich man die. The angels come and take Lazarus to be with Abraham in paradise. The rich man winds up elsewhere. But they can see uh, across this chasm and he can see that uh, Abraham's over there and he's saying, you know, can you send a little little water my way? Can you just send Lazarus over here just a little bit of something? Or how about go back and talk to my, my brothers? Because they don't really believe this is so, that this really happens like this. And uh, Abraham says, they, they have the um, Moses and the scriptures. They have all the information they need. So this is Jesus building up. So he's, he's still he's telling those stories as he gets closer to this. And he deals with forgiveness and unforgiveness, people who are not practicing forgiveness. And he's having to deal with his disciples and saying, you know, you may have to forgive someone if they legitimately come to you and, and are confessing their sin 70 times 7. And they're finding that hard to take. Then he goes on to... Um, dealing with faith, and he says if you have faith the size of mustard seed, uh, there's amazing things that you can do. So the faith is an issue, so that, that's part of what's coming up here. Then he gets to these men, and this is in uh, verse 11, and down to verse 18 in chapter 17 of Luke. And he's going to deal with these guys who have leprosy, 10 of them. It's uh, good to remember, Luke is a physician. He is familiar with these kind of things. He's, he is a, a doctor who's you know, running around in the first century. And he has a heart for healing, and he deals with it. I have to take this with me. Uh, he has to deal with it. He is helpful because he gives information that is... Uh, legitimate to the time he knows what illnesses are and and all of those he doesn't get into details in this one particularly but if you read luke you will see a lot of that so he is talking about this encounter that jesus has with these with these 10 lepers and they are asking for him to heal them and the context of this 
We have to have a little bit of um, a, a little bit of the uh, Old Testament, a little bit of what was going on before, to put all of that in in its place. So we'll we'll put that there. But Luke is a Gentile Greek; he's not Jewish, and he has to research so much of this. And he is an amazing researcher. So he's put together all kinds of information that is very helpful. We're coming into the Christmas season. He's the guy who writes about Mary, about the angel Gabriel, gathering up all this information to share with the rest of us, which is a benefit. The Jewish guys who wrote the Gospels didn't include that because to them, eh, they had other things they wanted to talk about. Luke, being a non-Jewish guy, is going, hey, this is really cool. So he goes and talks to Mary and gets info and... So we get to we get to have Christmas, and and then on Charlie Brown you can listen to him tell. This is the real story of what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. So we are in Luke 17, and let me read this for you. This is from the New Living Translation. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village. There, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, Praise God! He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. We have an incredible story, but he's trying to let us know the importance of this act of gratitude, of giving thanks, of returning to God, of recognizing that God has done something, that God has acted. Easily overlooked, if we are at an intersection and somehow miss getting hit by the semi coming through, we go, wow, that was lucky. Really would be good if we say, praise God, I was delivered and recognize who just got us out of that if we're healed from cancer, if we have all all the things that just seem pretty typical, and boy, am I lucky I got through that. And he's saying, we're the other nine, and that's where we often find ourselves. And he is uh, making a point. This, this, This is so important as he's going into talking about the kingdom and the ultimate kingdom because he's coming back, which is just down the page, he is building this up because this plays that important a part. So for the purification aspect of this, there is a, when the, the laws were written and Moses wrote those laws to the people of Israel, he gave them certain instructions for dealing with the people who had leprosy. They were, they were called unclean. That, that doesn't mean that they, nobody could take care of them. It just meant that they had to be separate from the community so that other people wouldn't catch it. So they're separate from the community, and they're also 
not allowed to come into worship. So they couldn't go into the synagogue at this point or go into the tabernacle or the temple to worship God because they were unclean. So until they were clean, until they were purified, they could not enter into the presence in, in this worship center into the presence of God. And so they're isolated from the community, their, their jobs, their whatever else is going on. They, they don't get to experience all of that. But the purification is, is an issue. This is from Leviticus 14. Uh, the Lord said to Moses, The following instructions are for those seeking ceremonial purification from a skin disease. Those who have been healed must be brought to the priest who will examine them at a place outside the camp. If the priest finds that someone has been healed of a serious skin disease, he will perform a purification ceremony using two live birds that are ceremonially clean, a stick of cedar, some scarlet yarn, and a hyssop branch. That goes on for a lengthy amount of time in the book of Leviticus, so that's where I'm stopping. There's a lot of detail on how you do this. And if somebody can't afford some of this, then there's an alternative. So there's an A and B part of this. But you come to be purified. After that has happened and the priest declares you pure, then you can enter into the community again. And there's some days involved, uh, split, uh, split up in this. Then you can come into the temple and worship. So all of that, and just think if you're isolated... I mean, we had the whole COVID thing. People had to, you know, stay away from each other. So we've kind of been through something similar. But this is this is serious. If you are the person who is not allowed, you can't come to family reunions. You don't get to go to the restaurant. You don't, you, you're isolated. So that's their life. They would like to worship God. They can't do that. I mean, in, in terms of the group, they, they just, until this purification thing happens, there is, they are at the end, and they're outsiders. So then this, this changes. But this is about ceremonial purification so they, they can enter back in. And here's the reason I'm telling you that. When those lepers cried out, they said, Jesus, you know, we want to be cleansed of our leprosy. They want to be purified so that they can enter into society and enter into worship again. Jesus says, go see the priest, according to Leviticus 14. Go back and do what you're supposed to do. You know the rules. That's what they're supposed to do. So they go do that. And on their way, the leprosy clears up, and they can go on to see the priest, and the priests declare them uh, purified and cleansed. They can enter in once again. The one who turns around and comes back, and it's interesting that while they have leprosy, the Samaritan is equally uh, hanging out with these guys because everybody's an outsider. That wouldn't be a normal thing. Samaritans don't get along with the people of Israel, so here's these Jewish guys, nine of, nine of them, one of him, and he's included. You go, wow. Sometimes when you have just bad stuff, you can get along with each other. So they they go on to the on to the temple to see the priest. He goes back to Jesus and says, "I am, you know, I am thrilled that this is cleared. So thank you." Jesus does something remarkable with this. So this is, this is the part where <laughs> we need to be the one. We need to be the one. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? And uh, this, this is that big 
big change that's happening here. Um, Luke 17, 18, 19. No one, has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner. And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. The words used, the Greek words, we just used healed in the English over and over, but these are different words. The words used for the healing earlier all have to do with purification, only purification. So their, their leprosy is healed up. They don't, they're not, uh, no running sores, no issues of that sort. If you know about leprosy, you know that some of your body starts coming off, ears, nose, fingers other things that are depending on the damage that is done to the skin, things happen. So there's issues. There's psychological issues. If you've ever been through some trauma, you've carry, you carry that with you. If you've been isolated from community, you know that that is difficult and you have to overcome. And, and there's issues that, that just penetrate your life, your thinking, your dealing with other people, Maybe how other people treated you when you had the disease and you were an outsider. All of that. And here this guy comes back to Jesus and says, thank you. And Jesus says, didn't he just heal these guys? All ten of them. When they left, he came back to say, thank you for healing. It was purification. When he came back this, in this time, Jesus says, you are healed. You are made whole. You are saved. It is a spiritual, physical, emotional, community-wide healing for this guy. Changed everything. No longer the same. Not just purification enough to get in with scars left over, or maybe some fingers missing. He's come. It's all come back. He is made whole. In that situation, this guy is excited. He, took, he came back and said, thank you. What's that got to do with anything? Especially for us, you know, we don't have leprosy. We're fine. This whole message from Jesus, and he's covered the faith, he's covered kingdom, he's covered right relationship with God, right relationship with other people, all those kind of things, as he's building up to the ultimate time when he returns and the kingdom comes. He is pointing people to this is how we walk with God. This is how he can work in your life. And we get to this story as this thing is unfolding. He's saying this is gratitude is absolutely essential. Acknowledging that the God of heaven is truly the God of heaven who provides life and he gives us everything that we need. And we come to him with humility and we come to him not un, without demanding we're just coming to him recognizing we are helpless in this moment and we need him and he meets this man right there he had no idea there was a next real step in the healing he was thrilled to just have the leprosy be gone now everything else has just been put back together for whatever is happening in his life. I'm going to call this what we need to, to know about this strategic gratitude. Strategic gratitude is 
bigger. It's cosmic. It's bigger than just, uh, you know, I just, I need to say thanks to God, you know, once in a while or, or once a year at Thanksgiving and, and kind of get it out of the way. This is seeing it from a whole different level, from the side of, of God's kingdom, how he's working in the world, how he's working uh, through history with people. This idea of turning our attention to him as opposed to, uh, well, I already did, dealt with money. He said, you're going to worship God or money. You're going to follow one of them. Choose God. He's already dealt with that. Here's the faith. If you have faith, you can, you can move a mountain. Uh, you, there's great things that God will do if you have faith. And, and then in this case, he's healing. And, and the thanksgiving gratitude is something that goes to a different level. It's not just saying the words. It's entering into this with a whole heart and recognizing who God is. That is in opposition to the darkness that has its own uh, influencers, uh, the devil and his minions, the demonic, the powers that be the world around us, even our own flesh is in office fighting this. Just to say thank you to God, I guarantee you, you will struggle to remember to do this. Why? Would that be hard? Why would it be hard to go to the one who has made your breath, every one of your breaths, possible? And yet, it will be a struggle. And he is calling us to enter into this so that we are not like those beings who turned their back on God, who rebelled against him, who decided that going their way, doing it their way, was better than going with God. They love the darkness They love the darkness. They want to drag people into the darkness. They want to drag people down. They love the chaos. They love the drama. Just wait till you sit around your Thanksgiving table with your family and see, is it light or darkness? How much drama will show up? How many things can you not talk about? Because it may set somebody off. Nobody in here, but the church next door probably has those problems. (laughs) It is a reality in human life, and we are able to enter into this in a, in a way that changes all of it. It's strategic. It takes down the powers, the influences in our own lives. It changes the things around us when we are saying those words, when we say our praise to God, when we are thinking those thoughts about him, when we exalt him, we lift him up, we are tearing down the influences and the powers of the those beings around us who would like to destroy, who would like to destroy our families, who would like to drag us down. But in our minds, we're influenced by the world, by what we think, by what we hear, what our buddies are saying, what, what's floating around in our own bodies that we still need to fight because we, we're influenced by that as well. So the world, the flesh, and the devil still have a hold, and Thanksgiving breaks it. Gratitude breaks it. It's strategic. It is so powerful that it tears those things apart. It takes the, the ability of the evil one. It takes his ability to drag us in because it would be easier for everyone to just complain and whine about everything, politics, what, whatever is achy today in their body, 
whatever problems they've had in the last few days. Easier to talk about all of that than give thanks to God for one thing. It's easier. And you'll talk and talk and talk about all those things that just aggravate you. And if I ask for God's stories and say, just talk and talk and talk about what God has done for you, just start giving him thanks. Or just write it in your notepad. And don't stop until all the pages are used up. How long would it take to just be sitting there staring? You get the idea. It's strategic. God knows it's strategic. Jesus knows it's strategic. He just healed these guys of leprosy, which can be a lifelong thing. You don't always get cured of leprosy. They were cured, they were purified, so that they can now enter, re-enter into the worship and into the community. They can go back home, they can see family. All of it's back. But this other guy, he's totally healed. Everything's but back for him. So if he only had one finger left, now he's got all of them. Everything's back. He has done an amazing thing, and he didn't even know it just by saying thank you, just by being grateful to the living God who provided everything for him. It changed his world. It's included in the chapter because he's, God is trying to point us in his direction to let us know there's, there are eternal things unfolding here. There are powers at work. There is more to be had. There's more to be experienced. God wants us to know more about what he wants to bring into our lives. We get there by really focusing on him, seeking him, and having gratitude for the very things that he's, he's doing, the things that he has made, uh, made available. And just like the nine, we can have things happen to us, and we go, oh, yeah, thanks, God. I, yeah, I'm really, you know, that's great. I got, got over that disease, or I got a new car, or got a new job, or I got a something. And we just go on about our business, and in a week or two, forget about it. And every time we tell the story, it's just how clever we were to get that job, get that car, or how smart our doctor, doctor was. And he's going, what? But this guy... He comes back and he says, thank you. He gives God the credit and it turns things around. It's strategic. We can turn it around in our lives. We can take, take what God is doing in our lives just day to day and see a whole new thing happen just by being grateful to him, acknowledging him, giving him uh, the praise that is due and then seeing what he does with all of that, which may surprise us. So if you're short of finger, maybe he'll grow that back. Let's look at mastering gratitude. Mastering gratitude. Here's the plan. Raise up appreciation while reducing self-adoration. Raise up appreciation while reducing self-adoration. There's a tendency to just look out for ourselves, our kingdom. We want to build our kingdom. We want things to go our way, and it's our deal. Whatever is happening with us is where the center of all of our attention, energy, and effort goes. And he's saying, what? There's something bigger here. There's a kingdom. There's, there's a future that goes on forever. 
There's more. There are more people in this world. There's more that can happen as a result of just having the right direction for appreciation. Renovate your heart for supreme results. Having that gratitude so built in that it's, it's what comes forth. It's what resonates inside you. It's not, well, I need to practice being grateful to God. I'm going to put that down. I can do that Monday morning. It resonates from inside that I am truly grateful to God, which is what this man was. And as a result, God brought things to his life he didn't even expect. Renovate your heart for supreme results. Regard God and his ways as sacred and good. Regard God and his ways as sacred and good. He is working things out. He doesn't always do it the way we want or when we want. But that doesn't mean that he's not working and that he doesn't have a plan and that he's taking us in a direction that will surprise us totally when we see it, when we look back on it and see what he's done. So he's, he's at work, but we, got, or we have the opportunity to give him thanks in the meantime, in the process, as we go through day by day, even the hard times, and then see what he brings about in the end which is the end of this chapter, is him coming back and the kingdom. is He's going to be running everything. So it's all in process. But ultimately, he's going to bring all this together. In the meantime, we regard him and his ways as sacred and good. Reconcile your mind, words, demeanor, and behavior with an attitude of gratitude. Just so much easier to whine and complain and go down the, the road of, you know, being a critic and because that comes across as so smart. You know, skeptics are smarter than everyone else. That's how it's regarded. But the Lord God Almighty doesn't think so. So, to experience these things, we turn that on its head. We go another way. We get our mind, our words, the things that are coming through whatever we're thinking so that the things that we're thinking coming out of our, our mouths is going to be uh, coming from God's perspective, more gratitude uh, and appreciation of who he is and all that he does and how he works that out. And then we get to see the result of that in our lives and in the lives of the people around us, in our world, and as he builds this thing closer and closer to the time when his kingdom will fill this world and that day will be exciting before we get there though let's just give him thanks now let's pray father thank you thank you for uh, being with us and, and being patient with us to learn these kind of things and and to uh, appreciate the big and little things that you do and to have just a an attitude of gratitude that that penetrates all that we think and say and do. Lord, we are so grateful that you have come, that you've made yourself known, and that we have a future with you. And uh, for everyone here and the opportunity to, to be able to do this, I give you thanks. Amen.
For restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. We got another song here. Then we're going to have set up for some eating. Go. Songs about Christmas. The reindeer, the lights, and the gifts. We sing chestnuts are roasting and marshmallows toasting And here comes old jolly Saint Nick Now don't get me wrong, I sure love all those songs But one holiday gets left out You see, no one remembers a song for November But that's gonna change starting now Gobble, gobble, one Gobble, gobble, two
All right, we're going we're gonna to have these long tables. We're going to take chairs from over here, but we're going to take these tables.